Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. I'm going to go today to Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to read a quick scripture, and I'm going to share a quick message. I don't want you to forget about the amazing opportunity you have to begin a new tradition in your family if you've not done this, and that is to attend a candlelight service on Christmas Eve at 3 o'clock or 5 o'clock. You choose, but 3 p.m. or 5 p.m., it's a one-hour program. It will go one hour. You'll sing some of the old wonderful way in the manger, kind of silent night, beautiful songs, light candles, real candles. Amen. Unless we get shut down, real candles. And, uh, and uh, it's just going to be beautiful. And if you've never been to one of these services, it, there's nothing like it. It's worshipful. Pastor Ben will bring a brief message and I just believe that you'll take the presence of God back home with you when you acknowledge him in the middle of everything that's going on, I believe it'll be a beautiful experience. I'm reading from Luke chapter one, verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? How can this happen without a man involved? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. And I want to talk to you for a few moments and I'll explain the title. But when I was a kid and we used to ride bicycles and uh, I can remember, you know, it was the envy, the kid that could ride with no hands he, he was the one that we all wanted to be like, and he was the one that we attempted sooner or later and had skint knees and elbows and everything else until we figured out how to ride our bicycles with no hands. And I want to preach for a few moments with no hands, and you'll understand, and it has to do with the Christmas message. Certainly, God uses human hands. If the Bible is clear on something, beginning with Genesis all the way through, God uses human instrumentality and human hands to do great things. The first time hands are mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis 48, Genesis chapter 48, and it's the story of an old man named Jacob whose name had been changed by an angel to Israel, and he's about to bless his grandchildren before he departs, because before you depart, you need to impart. And he's about to impart a blessing on the third generation, his grandchildren. And so their father, Joseph, brings in these little grandkids and he crosses his hands, the old man on the deathbed, and he prays a blessing, but he put the right hand, the greater blessing, upon the younger son. And it's a beautiful story of the cross. And I don't have time to preach that this morning when God crossed his hands. That's what he did at Calvary. He took your sins and he put them on Jesus. And he took his righteousness and purity and 
and, 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 and holiness and put it on you. And there's a beautiful type there, but it happened the first time through human hands, the blessing was transferred. Then we're told when Moses stood before the Red Sea in front of him and 600 chariots of Pharaoh behind him and all of the army chasing he and the Israelites, that he, with his hand, was commanded by God to pick up the staff, the rod, and stretch it forth. And God parted the Red Sea. God used a man's hand to perform a miracle of deliverance, and they came out of Egypt never to return again. And then in Exodus chapter 17, when Moses' hands got weary, Israel was fighting a battle in the valley, and as long as his hands were raised, the Bible said both of his hands had to be up. And when his hands started getting weary and coming down, Aaron and her two men ran up under, one under one arm and one under the other, and they kept the man of God's hands raised. And hopefully you'll always have somebody who helps strengthen you when your hands are starting to come down. And the Bible said they got up under his arms and they held his arms up and victory was won in the battle that was taking place in the valley. It happened through a man's hands. I thought about how that Elisha, with his hand, cast a branch into bitter water at Marah. And the first time that God revealed himself in Scripture as the healing God, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals thee, was not to heal a physical disease like cancer or, or, or leprosy or blindness or deafness. The first time God ever mentions to humanity that he is a divine, healing, miracle-working God that can heal people is when the water was bitter and he turned bitter water sweet. It's amazing that much of the disease I believe that we have has to do with bitterness and hatred and unforgiveness inside of us. And if we would get the bitter parts of us healed, it would be amazing what would be released across our nation and our world. And then, and then in 2 Kings 13, the Bible said Elisha, put his hands on young Joab's, jo, Joram's hands, the king of Israel. He put his hands on his hands and, and, and a miracle took place when he put his human hands that were anointed on the king's hands. And you can read that story over and over. Even in the New Testament, Jesus stretched forth his hand to heal. You'll read that phrase many times. Jesus stretched forth his hand to heal. For example, in Mark chapter five, the Bible said that there was a girl who had died, a young a young uh, damsel had died and she was just a young kid and Jesus put the mourners out and he walked in and he took her by the hand. And even though she had been pronounced dead and the mourners were there weeping and crying, he put the criers out because Jesus comes and he brings joy to sorrowful places and he takes that baby by the hand and he prays and the child comes back to life. The Bible said in Acts 19 and verse 11, by the hands of the apostles, God wrought special miracles. God used human people with flaws and failures and, 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 and imperfections, but he used human hands to do miraculous miracles, signs and wonders. 
In the book of Hebrews chapter six, it mentions the doctrine of laying on of hands. It gives the foundations that are to be taught in a church. And one of them is the foundational doctrine. You know, if if you're going to build a building, make sure the foundation is solid. And one of the things that's totally neglected in many churches, and especially in America, because we, we, we think we don't have to do it God's way, but he said, don't neglect the doctrine of laying on of hands. It matters that hands be laid on you. It matters. God has ordained. This is a method of transferring his power. And don't forget, as he was going up on a cloudy elevator in Mark chapter 16, Jesus himself said, in my name, they shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. God uses human hands. He really does. But some of God's greatest accomplishments have been accomplished without hands. Some of God's greatest miracles that you will find in the Bible, and I would even argue in your own life, are going to occur When God says, look, no hands, I'm not going to use that one. I'm not going to use that one. I know you thought I'd use the you. I know you thought you could handle it, but this time I'm going to get all the glory and I'm not going to use any hands. What I'm going to do, I'm going to do without hands. Many of God's most magnificent works have been accomplished When God said, I don't want any human involved, I want to do something sovereign, I want to do something supernatural, I want to do something that is that will manifest and and I will get the glory for it. When I think about this, I think about in Daniel chapter two and verse 34, what took place. Daniel saw an image. He had an end time vision of what would take place at the end of the world as we know it. And he saw every kingdom that had ever been established and built throughout human history. He saw the top of it ahead of gold. But notice it's diminishing now. It diminishes and society is diminishing little by little. I'm not a negative preacher, but the truth is we're moving from gold and then silver. The chest was silver and the waist was brass and the knees and the legs were were, uh, iron. And then there was lastly brass and iron and clay. The feet were made of clay. And here's all the impact and the kingdoms of the world standing strong, thinking they're in control, thinking they're ruling the nations. And all of a sudden, Daniel said, I saw a stone. And notice the wording, a stone cut out of the mountain without hands. It was a stone that, that was cut out without hands. Man didn't do it. And he said that stone, if you read the rest of that, it grew and became a mountain and took over the whole world. And that stone, we can call it the rolling stone. It, it started coming down the mountain and it hit those images where kings thought they ruled, where political parties thought they ruled, where powerful men and wealth and everything you can imagine thought they ruled the world. But when that stone came rolling down, it hit the clay feet of the last generation and all the empires of human history fell and the stone began to grow, grow, grow until it became a mountain. And the Bible said that it filled the whole 
earth. Every carnal kingdom one day will fall without hands and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess the King of Kings, Jesus is Lord. And while I'm, while I'm happy that God uses human hands, this morning I'm looking for some supernatural things that he begins to do in our lives and in our families and things that our hands cannot make happen, his hands can make happen. I want you to understand that something's going on above us and something's going on around us that cannot be explained by human hands making it happen. What we cannot see, what we cannot perceive, God is moving. And I felt like the Lord said, posture this church to be ready to receive the work of God that is coming and will be accomplished in your lives and in your families after you've done everything that you could do in your hands to make it happen. It's about to happen without hands. God's going to sit up on the bike seat and say, watch me be God. God has this problem. He thinks he's God. He thinks he can do what he wants, when he wants, where he wants. Anybody else believe that today? When we've done what we can do, he'll do what we can't do. He'll do what the doctor can't do. He'll do what the attorney can't do. Beyond what I'm capable of, beyond what I can imagine or think, there is a God who is at work in our lives. Zechariah told the truth when he said, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit. And you know what's built this church? It's been a lot of good work and everybody here in this room has had a part in that for the most part and everybody has worked hard. But when we, when we sum it up, we'd have to say there was an unseen hand. The hand of God made it happen and he deserves the glory. I thank God more for what happens without hands than I do for what happens with my hands because I know without him, I can do nothing. Everybody take a praise break. No, really, really. Look at your life. Well, you must have had a rabbit's foot. I don't believe in a rabbit's foot. Well, you must have had good luck. I don't believe in luck. I believe in the hand of God doing what my hands can't do, blessing and moving things out of the way and protecting. He knows how to do it. And God said, I'm going to do it in your family. I'm going to open doors in your life. I'm going to bless you with my hand. I can make happen what your hand cannot make happen. Hallelujah. And I, I enjoy my own preaching. I really do. I listen to myself sometimes saying, that's good. <laughs> A little country boy from Eastern North Carolina up here preaching to pretty people in Southern California. What's going on? Must be the hand of God at work. This country is cornbread like to have some this afternoon if I had it. Y'all know what cornbread is? In Judges chapter 4, Sisera was a powerful king from Canaan. Actually, he was a general. And the Bible said that he had 900 iron chariots. And they would come rumbling through the valley. And when they did, the huts of the Israelites would shake in terror, frightened, intimidated. Israel was terrified. 
There was a woman by the name of Deborah who decided that her destiny didn't have to be held hostage because she had been browsing the scriptures and somewhere she found where God had conquered iron chariots before in the book of Exodus when Pharaoh came after the Israelites. And she said, if God could do it then, he can do it now. And the Bible said that she led the Israelites into the battle against 900 iron chariots and they didn't fire one arrow. They didn't swing one sword. They did not have one chariot on their side. They were unarmed and they were powerless to win the victory in themselves. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like maybe you're facing something this morning that feels like 900 iron chariots and you don't have the power. You don't have that. You're exhausted. You're weary. It feels so strong and you feel so weak. But watch the God who does miracles without your hands involved when you trust in him. Deborah, after the victory, sung a song, and this is what she said. The stars in their courses fought for us. In other words, God started turning the whole atmosphere and universe against their enemy, and Kishon, the river, swept them away. The river started flooding its banks and started wiping out and flooding that valley, and suddenly those iron chariots became a liability because the, the mud reached up and pulled those wheels off those iron chariots and they broke down right in the valley and suddenly they had a mud hole in the valley that pulled the wheels off the chariots of war of Sisera and God did it without hands. I've come to preach today that God is still able. I don't care how bad it looks. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him and thank God for what happens by the work of our hands, but thank God more for what he does without our hands because there's a whole army of angels that are fighting for you and for me. There's something going on without hands. I believe there's something going on above us and around us and about us where God is saying, look, no hands from you to assist me are necessary. The Bible puts it like this in Exodus 14 and verse 13, and somebody needs to hear this verse. Be still. The 11th commandment, thou shalt not sweat it. Be still. And no, come on guys, throw that one up there. Be still. Exodus, I'm going to get that one up there. Exodus 14 and verse 13. Be still. Come on, shout it out. Be still and know that I am God. Hallelujah. God is at work in nations. Isaiah 14 and verse 26, I will stretch out my hand to all nations and the Lord has purposed it. Who shall stop it? Verse 26 said, his hand stretched out. Who will stop it? Who will turn it back? When the communists took over the nation of China and they ran out the army that was there defending freedom. China at one time was, had, had, had somewhat freedom. And the communists took it over and they drove the leader out and the army 
that was fighting for freedom, fighting against communism, drove them out and they confiscated boats and they went to a tiny island after they were completely defeated on the land. And there they regrouped and they built a defense, but they knew that it would not withstand the attack of the communist army that would come at them. And had China in that moment just come across on boats and invaded, they would have completely took over the little island that is now known as Taiwan. But something happened. The, 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 the communist army decided to make preparations for an amphibious assault. And they trained in the inland lakes at the ocean's edge. But what they didn't know was in those lakes were deadly microbes. And they got in the bodies as the soldiers were training to attack that tiny island and take it over and banish any kind of religion and any kind, especially Christianity. They would take it out. But as they were training in those lakes near the ocean, that deadly microbe began to infect the bodies of the soldiers and it made them deathly ill and dysentery set in and they were too weak to walk. And so they turned back and they gave up the island of Taiwan. The miracle that is now Taiwan transpired when all forces and all odds said that there's no way that they can resist the Chinese army with all of its power. But God used something invisible to give a period where the gospel could be preached. The latest statistic that I saw, I have it in my notes somewhere, 30,000 people a day are being saved and have been saved almost every day in the nation of Taiwan. What I'm saying to you is God stretches forth his hand and it doesn't look how big, matter how big, how bad any opposition is. If he says stop, it stops. I want to declare that over COVID in Jesus' name. We have a God who can break this thing and we need to believe him for it. Give me a big amen. We watched the communist wall in my, my lifetime in, in Germany and all around the world, the evil empire in Russia and all of these nations. We watched it fall so that the gospel could go into those areas and reach people. We don't know what God is up to. This is a strange time. This is a different time. I've never seen anything like this. You haven't either. It feels like what is going on? All of us sense something is going on. Is something going on beyond what we can see? And I propose to you that there is an unseen hand and God is about to do a work in the earth without hands. Doesn't matter what party is in control of California. Doesn't matter the politics at this point. No human being politician can fix this state or this nation or this world. But there is a God who has nail scarred hands. If y'all would amen me a little bit, I'd preach. He can fix it. He can bring revival in the midst of everything we're dealing with. Come on and say amen, somebody. God Almighty is at work. Do you believe that? And I know when you walk out of this place today in a few minutes, 
There are people who are going to be surrounded by situations. There are people who are going to go back and say to themselves, there's no way, humanly speaking, I can get from point A to point B. But I want you to step back and remember what I'm preaching that God still wants you to know that there's something God will do without you. There's something God can make happen without you. You're going to get that opportunity. No, I'm going to prophesy. You're going to get that opportunity. You've tried and God wanted you to fail so you would understand you don't get the glory. But you're going to get that opportunity. You're going to get that open door. You're going to get that miracle ministry. You're going to see that business door open. But it's going to be without hands. God can do what we cannot do. That family is going to come to the Lord. That lost family member is going to get free from drugs and alcoholism. Somebody believe it with me. Without hands. You thought, you thought it had to happen in a church service. You thought God can go anywhere he wants to go and mess people up in a bar, in a club, in a crack house. God says, I can do it without hands. All I have to do, uh, look, at, look at how he brought Egypt out. Who, who did he use? Did he use a TV evangelist? No. You know what he used? Frogs and lice and... Darkness and angels. Angels. Tell somebody you're going to get that opportunity. The wall will fall. The door will open without hands. Just like at the supermarket. You step on that thing and the door opens of its own accord. I need somebody to shout like it's Christmas Sunday morning. I believe that. I believe what I'm preaching. I believe God's messing with some of our loved ones right now. Everything they're doing, they're seeing Jesus in. I've said it before, but, but if they get high, other people can see pink elephants, but mine are going to see Moses and Elijah. They're going to see a cross. Without hands, without hands, God can give them a nightmare, a bad dream, that feeling of insecurity in the middle of the night when you're sober and your heart realizes I'm a mortal person and one day I'm going to stand before God and the fear of the Lord strikes them. It can happen without hands. Hallelujah. Who am I preaching to who almost gave up on a brother or sister? Don't give up on them. God's working without hands. Wow. I'm almost done. Pastor, I brought my friend today and you're embarrassing me. Well, <laughs> I'm good at that. Let me close. The virgin birth. See, Mary thought, where's my man? She's saying, I'm going to have a baby. Where's my man? And God said, there's some things I do without hands. And the Holy Ghost comes on you. 
favor comes on you. You're highly favored woman. You don't need the man that you think you need like you need him right now because what I told you I was going to do through you is not dependent upon a man. And when the time's right, I'll take care of the man, but right now I need you to believe me. And it's not in him, it's in you. What I'm going to give birth to is in you. I called you. I chose you. That means there were other Marys in the running. Wow. You don't choose if you don't have anything to choose from. She said, God said, you're highly chosen and highly favored. You're chosen and highly favored. But there was something about her. And when she said back to the angel, how can this be? Seeing that I know not a man, the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and it will be like you will be covered in a haze of brilliance. This is going to sound crazy and I didn't say this in the first service, but I preached under that kind of anointing before. Where when the glory of God comes on you, it's like he covers you in a haze of brilliance, and it's not your brilliance, it's the power of God flowing through you. And that's what the favor and the anointing of God, that's when the unseen hand comes on your life and there's something about you, the favor, you will have favor. You're highly favored, Mary. Christmas is not just about a manger. And a cradle is about a cross because then you go to Matthew 27 and the baby's a man hanging on the cross, born of a virgin. You know, people scuff at that. They, they, they mock that. The virgin birth, what a joke. No, it means everything to what we believe. Without the virgin birth, there's no salvation. No virgin birth. No deity, no deity, no sinless life, no sinless life, no sacrificial death, no sacrificial death on the cross, no resurrection three days later, no resurrection, no salvation. He was born a king. We didn't vote him in and you can't impeach him. The infinite one became an infant. The architect of the ages contained in five pounds of flesh, maybe seven. And the Bible said when he died on the cross, there was a veil that separated humanity from God. It had been up all the whole Old Testament. But something happened in Matthew 27. The scripture said, that the veil in the temple when Jesus died was torn from top. Notice that the veil in the temple was torn into from top to bottom. Now, if it had said from bottom to top, that means man did it. But you understand that was 40 feet high, which means God Almighty reached out and said, I'm so tired of being separated from sin and those people's lives. I'm going to become Emmanuel and I'm going to rip the veil. Come on in. God is with us. It didn't just let us in. It let God out. 
And lastly, one day the trumpet's going to sound according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The dead in Christ shall be raised first. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, snatched up. Without hands. A Tesla rocket isn't going to take us up. Without hands. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Kind of like a virgin birth. But one of these days, soon and very soon, Jesus will step out on the clouds and blast the trumpet. And when he does, the dead in Christ will rise first because they're six feet down. And they're going to come up and we'll be caught up together. Those of us who are ready in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, everybody just blink your eyes. Blink, oh, and we'll be here. Blink and we're gone. And we'll meet the Lord, and it's going to happen without hands. Here's what got me. I don't know what you're hoping for. I don't know what you're praying for and believing for in your family, in your life. But don't rely simply on what your hands can do. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says... These words that we are surrounded with an innumerable company of angels. One translation said there's more here than meets the eye. And then it goes on to say, see that you not refuse the unseen. Around us right now is an invisible world of angels. And God is moving across the land and across our families and across the earth. And what our hands cannot make happen, God says, look, behold, no hands. I'm not going to be dependent upon you doing what you do. I'm God and I made a promise and I'm going to fulfill it and I'm going to do it without hands. Get your faith up this Christmas. With God, nothing is impossible. We're going into another year, and it's not a year of dread, and it's not a year of misery, and this is not a season of death and disease. This is, I'm not minimizing the pain and the hurt anybody's gone through. We've all gone through it. But here's what I am here to declare. God is about to do some things without human hands, and it's going to be supernatural and miraculous. Clap your hands if you believe Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.